welcome to the Beyond the Clinch podcast. And uh, we finally have made it, Zach. I, you know, I think uh, when we talked about doing this a couple months ago, I think the last thing we thought would be uh, the table would be the hardest thing to get, but we have one. We have it all set up. Took forever, for sure. Yeah, so uh, we have the the table, the recording equipment, and we're sitting down, and we're going to be talking uh, Beyond the Clinch. This is going to be our UFC podcast, our fight podcast, and uh, not really a worst, a better week, rather to uh, start a podcast after a fight card like uh, we had this past weekend with UFC 261. Best card I've seen in a while. Yeah. Uh, obviously headlined by the Usman Masvidal um, rematch and uh, one that I think most people thought was going to be, I guess, a little lackluster. Uh, people kind of talking up Jorge Masvidal throughout the entirety of the uh, you know last two, three months since the card's been announced. Um I don't think we knew we had the storylines that we did coming out of it, out of the Usman Masvidal. What was your take, you know, with the the knockout win of um, Jorge Masvidal? I mean, I think he was a little overhyped the whole time. Uh, just getting that knee knockout he got, the five-second thing. Um, I don't know. I think he was overconfident. We saw him showboating a lot, and that kind of screwed him over, I'd say, in the end. Um uh, if you look back the other time Masvidal got knocked out, it was the same exact way. So obviously he didn't learn. That was like 10 years ago. So Yeah, he touched on it on, I think it was Ariel Hawani's podcast, and he talked about how um, he, he thought he was going to shoot. He was expecting a lot more wrestling. He thought, you know, his training camp, I mean, you look at the embeddeds and you look at uh, the countdown. Uh, most of the footage you saw of Masvidal, you know, normally it's a striking heavy um, camp for him. But he said this one was a wrestling heavy camp, and he said he was expecting the shot. And he said it was a great feint. Um, you saw kind of Kamaru dip down mm-hmm. and kind of get towards the hips and then throw that right hand over the top. And uh, one of the more violent knockouts I've seen in my life. I'm not sure about you. You've been watching this a little bit longer than I have. Oh, yeah. It was super sick, though. Super uh, awesome. Saw all the sweat come off his head. <laughs> yeah, that was explosive. I, I It was one of those I've watched that one probably about six times now since uh, <laughs> we or since that fight card happened on Saturday. But uh, looking at it, uh, it's happens so fast you really can't see what's really going on you have to slow it down watch it watch it watch it and that's kind of how a lot of the action was here um you know from the co-main event uh the first couple of fights everything was just so fast and so exciting and uh it was great that fans back too yeah i don't think i've ever seen a card that's ended with all five fights with a knockout like it was crazy yeah they weren't just knockouts they were like viral videos viral knockouts um you obviously had the two leg injuries early on uh, the doctor stoppage, um, Valentina, you know, that was the most, that was the least entertaining of the finishes, but mm-hmm. still uh, entertaining one nonetheless, especially when you talk about someone going to the ground and things like that. Um, but sticking with the main event, I mean, what, what's your, what's your take here? Like what's next for Jorge and what's next for Kamaru? Um, I think Masvidal is going to be more of a gatekeeper now. I don't see him getting a shot ever again, really, unless someone else. Is champion, but I don't see Usman losing for probably two, three years now. Yeah, they did have the uh, Kamaru Usman is uh, facing Colby Covington in his next fight. That was already decided prior to the fight that Colby was going to get the winner. Mm-hmm. Um, Dana White came out and said on Saturday in the press conference that that was going to be the case. Um, you know, I, did you see that fight back at UFC 245 there in December of 2019? Did you watch that one at all? Yeah. What were your thoughts on that one? That was... Uh, I don't. I, they didn't win fight of the year because that was the the, Kess, the Kelvin Gaslam and Izzy. Um, that one won, um, but definitely it, even Dana White has said it. It's that's the number like that's the top five fight for him in his entire life watching fights. So yeah. I mean, what what are your thoughts? You know, what do you think about that first matchup? 
It was pretty good, but I think it was, uh, as it went on, of course, you could see Usman had it. Um, Covington, another cocky guy that just relies on his marketing, I should say, um, to build his fights. And, I mean, he's good, but what was his last win? Uh, Tyron Woodley. Yeah, exactly. And he's on his way out. So, um, well, he already got released, actually. Yeah, he's out. He, he's waiting for another contract. Dana didn't say he wouldn't re-sign him, but he definitely yeah. said um, that it hit, his career is probably about over with the UFC. Uh, now they're talking be. Logan Paul, Jake Paul type stuff for uh, Tyron Woodley. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for that fight for me, that Usman Covington fight was uh, crazy. I remember sitting it. That was another three title fight card. Um, it was another just huge event for the UFC. And to cap it off with that knockout punch, it was a TKO, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. Broke his jaw. Um, was it in the fifth or fourth? fifth round? It was yeah. like I think thirty or forty-five seconds left in that. He, that was close. Mm-hmm. Like you can, you know, you can say, "Hey, Usman knocked him out." Usman broke his jaw. You can say whatever you want, but that was a super close fight. I'd have to go back and rewatch it to get the rounds, and I'll do that right. sometime. But um, that was a super close fight, and uh, Usman's striking is much better since joining Trevor Whitman last summer. Um, so that's going to be the biggest difference. Is We've seen Usman. He's fought what three times? Yeah, he's fought Jorge twice since then. He's fought uh, Gilbert Burns. So we, uh, what does Usman look? Or what does we see Usman take these steps? What does Colby Covington steps look like? What is what is the improvement we've seen from you know the Tyron Woodley fight where he looked dominant but dominant against a guy, a former champ, but not the same shell of or he was like a shell of himself. Right. So um, that, I mean that's the biggest thing for me. I, I do I think I will take Usman in that fight when that time does come. Oh yeah. Um, and I think most people will. Um, but I don't think that Colby will um, struggle with the takedown pro- uh, problem that Jorge had. Mm-hmm. Jorge was so worried about the takedown, whereas Colby loves wrestling. He's a wrestler um, at heart. He's a uh, that's his original um, martial art, I guess you could say, um, which was a problem, like I said, for Jorge Masvidal, who's looking over it. As for him, there's not a lot of fights available. Um, right. If you look in the top, you know, 15 for the rankings in the UFC uh, 170 pound division. Um, you're looking. I mean, Gilbert Burns and Stephen Thompson have a fight booked. Um, When's that one? That, I just heard about that one. I don't think they have a date for it, but those are one. It's at least been accepted. I'm excited for that one. Um, Leon Edwards obviously fighting um, Nate Diaz at 262. So yeah, main. I think we're waiting to see who the winner of that is to see who gets Usman next. I mean, I've been seeing Connor calling him out, but he calls everyone out. So. Yeah. I mean, Connor's called out Jake Paul, <laughs> Logan Paul, uh, Floyd again, uh, what, Manny Pacquiao. He's called out Usman, obviously. Um, one I see here is Jorge's now down to the fifth, 170-pound. Uh, he's fifth-ranked in that division. Uh, right above him sits number six, Vicente Luque, who had a fantastic, uh, that crazy fight at 260, UFC 260 with uh, Tyron Woodley. Um, I think that's a fantastic fight. Two strikers, and I think that's not just fun for the fans to watch and not a great one for the promotion to put out, but I think stylistically that one's a really in, uh, interesting matchup and allows Vince, uh, Vicente a chance to move up into that top five. Do you think Jorge's going to be a money hunter, though? Uh, I don't see. He said on the Ariel Hawani podcast on Monday, um, just two days after getting knocked out in a championship bout, that he wants a championship before he retires. Yeah, I, I um, read that as well. But, yeah, but I, I don't mean, see that happening. I don't see it happening. I mean, has he ever fought at a lower weight? Or yeah, he's been one fifty five before, um, but one seventy is where he's kind of had this uh, what mm-hmm. he's called his uh, resurrection and is where he's baptizing people and knocking guys out. And um, we can all you know trash for hey, some guys just don't win the belt. Some some guys uh-huh. just you know aren't 
champion. They're just not champions, plain and simple. And for that, um, you know, Jorge is going to be a fantastic fighter to watch. I've watched his Ben Askren knockout more times yeah. than I can count. Uh, it's fun to watch that guy get knocked out. Oh, it's a blast. It's a blast. Even fun. Even when Jake Paul him. does it. Even when Jake Paul knocks him out, it's a blast. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Masvidal, fun to watch. Um, but I think that Vicente Luque won. Um, I don't think Vicente has one yet. Um, uh, as number four? Fight. Number four okay. is uh, Stephen Thompson. He moved up. Oh, he okay. just switched spots there with uh, Jorge. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Colby has a fight. I mean, look at the rest, rest of the top five. They all have fights except Jorge. Um, he's going to have that 90-day layoff that they have in the UFC after a knockout. Um, but yeah, so I mean, for Jorge, I don't really know what's next. I think uh, looking here at the uh, standing or the ratings, I think Vicente Luque. I, I don't know if you have a different opinion on that. No, that'd be a fun one. Um, I was gonna just go back down to uh, the rest of that card. Yeah, for sure. Let's talk about that co-main event: the head kick knockout of uh, Wei Li Zhang by Rose Namahunas. Uh. It's a flash knockout. I wish I would have bet on some of these. Quick. I would have been right. Uh, I, I almost bet. I did bet on the Jorge Masvidal. Um, got made ten. I put ten bucks down, made forty on Usman knocking him out. Which uh, you know, prior to the bet, I was like, oh, that's so smart. And after, it's like, oh, it's so smart. But if you look back at the history, I really had no business making that bet based that off a, of uh, Jorge's um, chin. Was that with your friends or on like DraftKings? That was DraftKings. Yeah, man. Uh, one of those prop bets. You got to find them. You become mm-hmm. a smart better, things like that. And uh, that was one that, you know, with Kamaru training with uh, Whitman, I was like, I got I to gotta put 10 bucks on this. It's free money. Yeah. Um, but back to that, yeah, that co-main event, crazy knockout. I was watching it with five or six other people, and I was the only one in the room to see it. That's how quick it happened. <laughs> we were all kind of talking. I looked up, and I was the only one to see it live. They had to wait, like, whoa, 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 whoa. what happened? What happened? And uh, Rose is a perfectly placed head kick there to knock out the uh, 21 straight winning um, Whaley Zhang. Yeah, I mean, and she just came off that, like, fight of the year on her last one, didn't she? Yeah, that was uh, with Yona Jacek. Yep. Um, um, I, I was surprised to see her lose. I, I really like Rose and everything, and I kind of predicted she'd win, but that was kind of, like, just throwing it out there. I didn't actually necessarily think she would. I kind of wanted her to win type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was awesome to see her win again, and then the emotional – Stuff with her and Joe Rogan was nice to see. Yeah, I was, I was, uh, I won't say choked up, but I was definitely yeah. excited. I, I had Chipotle in my hands, and I stood up <laughs> and I sprinted around the room. Um, I picked Rose to win. I was the only one in my house to pick that. I don't know why. I just had a feeling it was going to happen. That length, that distance, you know, power is one thing that's fantastic. And we saw that also in that um, title bout um, with uh, the flyweight women's championship, and we'll talk about that in just a moment. But um, the length is such a problem. You see it with uh, people like Israel. Um, when he fought Paula Costa, um, you just, you see this happen all the time, um, where, you know, it's a big muscular, strong person. They get a hold of you. It's a problem, but it's, mm-hmm. it's getting a hold of that long lanky person. That's really the problem. Yeah. I think in MMA specifically, like reach is such a big advantage unless you're like a super good wrestler and then you can get in close and take him down the whole time. I mean, if you have that reach advantage, you're pretty much got, I feel like it's like a 75% chance of winning most times. Like. Like you said, Izzy, or isn't isn't that who you said? Yeah, so, yeah, no, you're good. Yeah, um, he's got good reach. So, I mean, there's just he's got crazy on, reach. Yeah, if you stay on the outside and you pick them apart, you know they, they start getting fatigued. It may you're not landing power shots from outside. That's that's not ever their right. goal. Um, they're, they're trying to land the perfect shot like Rose did, or they're just in there trying to pick you apart, just you know jab, jab, jab. Um, you know we saw Anthony Smith do that on this uh, card as well with the nice uh, stiff jab, just keeping them. Um, 
Jimmy Crude off of him. So, I mean, you're seeing the length and the real issues people have with getting inside. And uh, you saw it kind of frustrating, Whaley. I think um, a couple of those punches were really ugly, kind of wound up that one right or left hand and just, you know, threw like a windmill punch. Um, it's frustrating. I, I couldn't imagine, you know, it's it's like when your your older brother puts your their hand on your forehead and is holding you away the whole time and you can't do anything about it. Um, exactly. But yeah, congrats to Rose. She's the first woman to regain her title um, after losing it. Uh so not only did she, you know, make her own goals, but she made UFC history there on Saturday night. Anything else you want to talk about that co-main event? No, I'm just curious if they're going to do a rematch right away or they're going to pair him with someone else. Yeah, that's what I was going to get into next. Uh, I think the next step is a rematch. I, if you look yeah. up and down the the UFC ranking, ranking excuse me here. Um, obviously, you have uh, Zhang falling to the one um, rank spot for the 125 pounds. Oh, excuse me, that's 115. Um, the number two is Joanna, and Joanna has mm. she obviously lost that fight of the year last year. I personally had her winning three of the five rounds in that one, so um, mm. but I mean that's history, so we can't change that. Yeah. Um, and then she's lost to Rose head to head twice. So as long as Rose is champion, I don't really see much of a reason to throw that fight out there right now. I'm, you can maybe give a trilogy fight just because you know it's been so long since the two have gone at it. That was always so good. Yeah. And then you also have a fight coming up. I believe it's at 262 between the third rank, uh, Jan Zanon and Carla Esparza. Um, those That's your three and four ranked um, straw weight in the UFC. You think that's an eliminator then? Yep. I think the winner of that will get the next shot. And, uh, you know, depending on the damage they get, you know, if, you know, say Carla Esparza goes out there and she was actually the one who beat Rose on the Ultimate Fighter, um, the very first straw weight championship. Um, so I've, I think if you see Carlos Barza go out there on, uh, what is that? May 22nd, I think is the date for that card. Um, and you see Carla, you know, take care of the bu- uh, business with Jan. I think, uh, you're, you could see a rematch there, but I think with Zhang, she won 21 straight fights, not all of those obviously in the UFC, but 21 straight MMA fights is a, a great feat. And I, I definitely think, I mean, I want your opinion on this too, but I, I think the rematch is definitely the way to go here. Yeah. I'm, I'm down with that. I mean, do it up. Hopefully, it's longer this time. Yeah, I, I definitely but I still want Rose. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I definitely didn't expect um, any of the fights to go out of the five. You know, I kind of you know, oh, you know, this person's gonna win decision. This person, you know, win late round TKO. Yeah, every single one. Every single crazy. fight was just a like, wow, wow, like what, 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 what's going on here? And I, I started watching. You know, I watched six hours of fights that day. I was watching the very first prelim, and uh, I was watching all the way through. And um, that first fight was insane from the opening seconds. And I told my roommate, I was like, hey, like these fights, like what happens if they go up, up and up? And um, sorry, there's no, some uh, football some news for our team. Oh, Jesus. That's not good. Uh, this is an MMA podcast, but the Broncos <laughs> just traded for Teddy Bridgewater. I'm breaking it right now. Um, oh, God. I would, we'll talk about this some other time. We're going to do the next one. But uh, uh Anyways, what was, uh, we were talking about, oh yeah, the cards. So the prelims, um, you know, each fight from the very first prelim, there's 13 fights and each one just built off the next, off the next, off the next. And that, that, from that main card was uh, definitely feeding off the energy of the crowd and it was fantastic to watch. I, I didn't get to watch them all like you did, sadly, but yeah, I'm looking at the two KOs on the early and then two submissions on the regular prelim. That's mm-hmm. good. Yep. 
Yeah. So only four decisions out of all that. That's and, crazy. And the decisions were good. It, uh, there was one fight that was just kind of like, hey, what's going on between these two dudes? Like, why are you guys not doing anything? <laughs> um, but it wasn't a bad fight. Like, there's bad fights. You know, there's Derek yeah. Lewis versus Francis Ngannou. That's a bad fight. A bad fight is not the decisions on any of these cards. There wasn't a bad fight on this card. Um, yeah, but if you ever get the chance, definitely go back and watch those prelims for sure. Talk about a bad fight, a Brunson-Holland one. Yeah, uh, there's that another that's a terrible fight laying there the Sucks. entire time. And, you know, I get it. Obviously, I'm not the one putting the gloves on and stepping in for right. five rounds against someone uh, in a cage fight. But I'm, I'm definitely – it's harder to – that's hard to say. I don't – I respect every single one of these guys for going in there, but it's hard to enjoy watching a fighter. It's the same thing Usman gets drilled on by, you know, older like fans who've been around a long time. And he's a boring fighter. They call him snoozeman and things like that. Just taking guys down and laying on him is not interesting to anyone. And uh, for that, you're not going to gain any fans. And obviously, Kevin just sat there and talked the whole time. But, yeah, that's a bad fight. I think wrestling uh, and MMA specifically is more old school. I like to think back like the mid-2000s, late 2000s, uh, 2010s or whatever. Um, I mean, a lot of GSP like Brock Lesnar, they just lay on you and punch your face in. It's okay to watch, but, like, yeah, there's no flash knockouts or mm -hmm. crazy submissions usually. I mean, there's a place for it. Like when you watch uh, Habib, um, when he would take guys yeah. down, that was entertaining because you're like, how is this guy going to get up? Is this guy going to get up? Dominating them. Yeah. yeah. That, that's, you know, I think that's a great segue into uh, the women's flyweight bout from Saturday because that was kind of the same thing along those lines. Uh, Valentino Shevchenko uh, destroyed, I guess would be the best word for that, <laughs> um, Jessica Andrade. And not only did she destroy her, she destroyed her in a way that no one saw coming. Um, in, a, in a way that, you know, most people thought, you know, she was going to stand on the outside and pick her apart, but she beat her at her own game, and that's on the ground. Uh, your thoughts on the uh, women's flyweight title belt? Uh, again, it was a good fight, I think. I'm just, who's next for that one? <laughs> yeah, I was walking through this. I just wrote an article for uh, my radio station, and uh, I, I had a hard time explaining that, too. I, I think she's going to have to wait, and that absolutely sucks, you know, I... Valentina? Yeah, I think Valentina's going to have to wait. It, there's no one really there. Uh, Caitlin Ch uh, Chukagian um, is like one and two in her last three. Um, number three, Lauren Murphy is uh, the third rank, and she has a four-fight winning streak. Um, so I guess, you know, realistically, she would be the next one up. Um, but I think she'd probably get another fight in before um, fighting a Shevchenko. But really, no one here. I just She is so much better so, than um, anyone else in her division. My... They should do a super fight with Nunez. Yeah, Dana doesn't know if he wants to do that. I don't know if Shevchenko wants to do that. I have not watched. I, I've seen highlights from those fights, and I heard that the second one was super close and could have gone either way. It was a split decision win for Nunez. Um, I mean, this is a fight that you can throw back and run it back five times, I, I think. I, I, Nunez, is, yeah, Nunez is so fun to watch. Like I don't know. I think she's running out of people to fight so yeah they both are and that's the problem with this i, I think the 125 pound or 115 pound excuse me division that straw weight with uh, rose namahunas at the top i think that one definitely has the majority of the contenders there and mm -hmm. the women um i mean you look at carla esparza mckenzie dern uh, nina anzaroff or nina nunez uh amanda rebus is on there tisha torres is back in action um coming up here soon i mean they have so many names along the straw weight but these other the flyweight and the bantamweight and the featherweight divisions don't really have much for anything a talent in terms of um comparison to the uh the champion uh reminds me of the 
Ronda Rousey days where she just ran through everyone because there's not enough competition and they look like amateurs even though they're not. Well, do we do, do we get then? Do we get that Holly Holm head kick knockout of a Ronda Rousey on a Shevchenko on an Amanda Nunes? Does would that happen in your opinion? Do you? I think have that's what's gonna have to happen to get these women off the off the top of the mountain, I guess. Um, yeah, because I don't see anyone really. My thing with the Rousey the thing is, you know, she was a great. She would throw you down and she would beat you up. She had decent striking, right? Um, but her her talent was throwing you down and beating you up on the ground a solid uh, ground and pound that was her game not a good boxer but you look at Amanda Nunes you look at Valentina Shevchenko these are the two greatest women fighters of all time um, you know one one decision you know flips it and now we might be talking about Shevchenko being number one Amanda Nunes number two um, that's how close these two are uh, but relatively I mean no one is on their level when it comes to their striking is fantastic I mean we saw in Amanda's last fight Amanda um fought megan anderson you know that length we just talked about that a little bit that that means nothing to her and when that is the case when you can't get away from the opponent when you can't get them off of you Mm -hmm. that's a problem so i don't think anyone can do that um and valentina shevchenko just proved this last weekend that no one can uh you know go anywhere with her apparently uh brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt for jessica and and she just dominated her on the ground yeah it didn't even matter uh on to the next one and uh i think uh this one had to be one of the grossest uh, fights I've seen in my life. We've seen blood and we've seen, you know, dislocated shoulders and elbows and stuff. Um, but the Chris Weidman, Uriah Hall finish, your, your thoughts on when you watch that live? <laughs> uh, everyone that was here watching it, we all just kind of like we're in pure disgust. I mean, it was a little excitement too because it's crazy to see, but uh, Uriah Hall's face kind of sums it up. He He was in complete shock and like looked like he was scared and happy that it wasn't him and that's how i felt too like (laughs) yeah i can't imagine the pain of that i Uh, mean he was in shock so he probably didn't feel it until you know five ten minutes after or whatever but my god (laughs) and eerily similar to the one that uh, anderson silva landed on him in their second matchup um and that was back in 2013 um, and this was Uriah Hall's and Chris Weidman's second matchup together. So it was their that. first matchup, but yeah. yeah. Had, well, they had one. Uh, first one in the UFC, they had one back for a different promotion a couple of years ago. Yeah. Okay. So this yeah. is the second time they've actually uh, it, faced off. It was like 11 years ago, 11 years payback karma. I don't know. Yeah. It was weird. Uh, <laughs> you know, everyone was saying this karma thing and, you know, oh, he was celebrating when uh, Anderson uh, broke his leg. Um, and some pictures have kind of surfaced this week about that. Uh, I mean, I'd celebrate beating well, Silva there, well, too. He, he didn't know what had happened. He thought, because he checked that leg kick, and that's why right. his leg snapped. So when he checked that leg kick, he thought, oh, he's injured. It's done. I did my job. I won. Not, oh, he just hurt himself. And not just hurt himself, but, you know, might have ended his own career. Do you find it weird that they uh, call it a win for the other person, even though, like, I kind of think it should be thrown out type of thing? Like no contest? Yeah. I mean... I don't know. They check their leg. I guess that that is a technique if you want to get down to it. But like, it's a freak accident too. At the same time, yeah. Uh, they didn't really beat them. They. I don't know. I mean, you guys are the same thing. I mean, about the next fight too. Anthony Smith and Jimmy Crute. Um, Anthony Smith kicked uh, Jimmy in the uh, lower thigh, upper calf area, and it gave him drop foot. Some of the nastiest drop foot I've seen oh, in my yeah. life. And that's all it really was. I mean, there might be some structural damage on his knee. 
Um, but the majority of the gruesome, the ankle rolling and stuff, that was what they call drop foot when, you know, that perennial nerve um, goes just completely dead. And that's what we saw happen with the Cheeto Vera, uh, Sean O'Malley fight last summer or last fall, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, good for Jimmy for still wanting to fight, but yeah, he, he couldn't even like no, wobbling no. like he was drunk. Yeah. But I mean, as, as for calling that a win, I mean, it's the same thing. Like Anthony Smith applied the leg kick. I mean, you have to call that a win, right? Yeah, his is more like I agree with that one more, but because um, he worked on it for the whole round, basically. But I didn't expect Smith to win that one overall. Everyone thinks Anthony Smith is this wash up. He's only like 32, 33 years he's, old. He's in his UFC, his MMA prime. Like your prime is your lower 30. So he's got probably, and he, he said on a podcast a couple weeks ago, um, you know, another three, four, like four or five more solid years. That's what I want to, you know, put out before I'm done. Just, yeah, just looking at last year, he was one and two. So, and then the year before he was one and one, but he had John Jones in one of those. So. Yeah. Uh, anyone who faces John Jones, I'm not going to discredit <laughs> you with a, an attempt to try to knock him off. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that main card there for 261 and for Anthony Smith to come out and um, get back in the win column. He fought killers though. Glover Teixeira, obviously brutally, you know, put his face on the canvas, but Glover Teixeira is fighting for the title next. Um, you look at Alexander Rakic, that's a young guy with length and with power and, you know, great striking. Uh, Anthony Smith was also dealing with a lot last year. He's um, had the house break in where he had someone break into his house late and then uh, late in the night with his family home and stuff. And he had to beat that guy up. Cool. Uh, he had a bunch of mental issues going on. Um, since then he's got a therapist and he said, this is the best he felt. And he looked real good. That jab was fantastic. And then obviously the leg kick. The leg kick's what's talked about, but everyone's kind of forgetting about the jab. Um, one weakness I did see with Anthony on Saturday, um, you can tell me if you agree or not, was takedown defense. A guy that you just gave drop foot, a guy who's on one leg, takes you down not just once, but oh, two yeah. times and holds you down for the remainder of the round. Um, and that's been a problem. That was the problem with the Glover to share a fight, and that's why it was so brutal for Anthony. So, I mean, that's something he's going to have to work on if he does want to make another push for the UFC title. <clears throat> Who do you think's next for... Smith, then? Uh, I mean, we got the rankings here that came out yesterday. Uh, we're looking at the light heavyweight. Um, like I said, Glover Teixeira's next. Uh, fights for Dominic Reyes. Um, I don't know what Alexander Rakic is up to, but the, obviously not a rematch going to happen anytime soon for that. Um, Tiago Santos, I think, just pulled out of a fight for an injury. Um, Brahaska, um, he fights this weekend against, uh, against uh, Dominic Reyes. Um, the, the, I think uh, Magomed Ankalaev would be a fantastic fight um, for, I mean, that's six and seven. And I think it's a way for Anthony Smith, who's going to be playing gatekeeper here for a minute as these young prospects kind of get their shots at the uh, 205 belt. But uh, I think uh, Ankalaev would be a great matchup for Anthony Smith. I don't know what Crute uh, was before, but he's 13 now. Uh, looks like he stayed the same, if I'm correct. Yeah, so. Okay. Oh, no, he dropped one. He was 12. So he dropped one in a Serkinov jumped up one so not too bad i mean you're not going to drop too much i think if you just take one leg kick if he got dominated i think he's probably out of the top 15 but he was really solid and he looked really good prior to the injury um so i don't think that really ends up anywhere else um like sticking on light heavyweight i mean to share is next which Mm -hmm. i mean i'm not sold on him overall so i still think the champion would beat him but i don't know this this division doesn't look too stacked at the moment. 
it's not stacked, but it's competitive is the thing. Competitive. I, I mean, this, this next championship fight is probably going to be the oldest two people to fight in a championship fight. Like, if you were to combine their ages, I bet you they are the two oldest people to ever fight. I think Glover's, what, he's 41 or something like that. Um, Getting up there. And then Jan uh, Blahovitz is 37, I believe. Let me look this up. But, um, I mean, those are guys that are not going to be around much longer. And these this uh, entire division is filled with young guys, if you look at it. Not a lot of big mm-hmm. names in it. So, yeah, for a casual fan, it's... Uh, this you know this division's crap, um, but in reality, it's a really strong, really competitive division. And yeah, Jan Blachowicz uh, is thirty-eight years old, um, okay. which when I found that out was had to have been one of the craziest. I, was, I thought he was like 33, 32, something like that, coming to his prime. But he's thirty-eight yet, yeah, and then uh, Glover Teixeira is forty-one. So talking a combined age of seventy-nine between the two of these guys, who will be fighting for the uh, <laughs> two hundred and five-pound belt, and after that, it's a bunch of young guys. Um, so I think this division can be exciting. Who's going to be the star that comes out of that? We thought it was going to be Dominic Reyes, but uh, Jan Blachowicz uh, put his nose on the other side of his face and um, decided that that talk was over. So, I, I mean, this division's really stacked in terms of competition, um, not world beaters, though, and I think that's actually really exciting. We could see this yeah. belt change hands a lot. There's no, like, sexy names is what mm-hmm. I'm getting at yet. Yeah. There's only a few of them compared to, like, you look at lightweight, like... My God. Yeah, I mean, some of these divisions, I mean, bantamweight, welterweight, Dustin, uh, lightweight. Justin, Charles, Chandler, Ferguson, McGregor. Uh, I mean, middleweight is kind of there, but Izzy's kind of on the same page as, you know, a, a Valentina Shevchenko or a Amanda Nunez. <clears throat> where these guys just don't really stack up to them. This is like, you know, a Robert Whitaker, Paula Costa fight that was supposed to happen. That's a fantastic fight. And if Rob's the champ and Paula's fighting him, that's a that's a championship bout that I'm like super excited for. That's probably like, you know, a plus one or minus one oh five, minus one oh five kind of fight. Well now uh with Izzy specifically, I think he's gonna kinda take the Usman route and just probably try and clear the division out since he got stopped in his last one, you yeah. know. It's time to start lapping and he's gonna do that with Marvin Vittori at UFC two sixty three that was announced this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um the two of them fought in a three rounder a couple of years ago prior to Izzy getting the belt. Um, so that one should be fun here in about two months. Um, as for 261, is there anything else you, uh, any takeaways that you had other than the, what we've talked about so far? Uh, just uh, like a top three pay-per-view I've ever watched in the UFC, my many years of watching. And that's, it's awesome to see. Yeah. I can't think of a card that was better and just so much stuff going on and all, I mean, controversy that wasn't really controversy just in terms of. Um, you know, the leg break and like that's there's so much to talk about. Even you know, I mean that fight was what 18 seconds long. And <laughs> yep, we could talk 17. about that. Yeah, we could talk Crazy. about that one for like 20 minutes probably without um having to switch gears. Uh, <laughs> uh yeah, I mean that's a crazy card. Going to uh who's so it's it's gonna be Chandler and Oliveira for the title in the lightweight division, right? Um yeah, it's um Lightweight is uh, Michael Chandler and Charles Oliveira, and that's going to be at 262 in Houston on May, uh, yeah, May 22nd. So my question here is, like, what's going on with Gaethje? And I know Dustin's going to fight McGregor again, but yeah, uh, what's Gaethje doing? Nothing. He's sitting and waiting currently, and I think that sucks. It just it's a bummer way it worked out because Dustin and Connor picked each other. So I mean, what are you going to do there? Because I think a Poirier Gaethje could have worked out. Oh, but because yeah, Connor, and, yeah, because uh, that that fight was crazy. That was a good fight too, and that was before Gaethje striking got to the level it was. Um, so looking at Dustin and Connor, you know those two picked each other, uh, and then 
I'm a fan of Gaethje, but you don't deserve another title shot after losing again. I think you need to get in there one more time. Yeah. Um, but you can say the same thing about Michael Chandler, who's only fought one time. Um, for the yeah, past. but he's the uh, like I was saying, he's like the big sexy name right now. Yep. I know originally they were trying to do Dustin Poirier versus uh, Charles Oliveira for the belt, mm. and uh, that Justin Gaethje was supposed to take on Michael Chandler. But um, when Dustin decided to pick Connor, everything kind of shifted. And instead of throwing Gaethje in there, they threw Michael Chandler in there mm. for uh, the Oliveira matchup for the uh, vacant title. Um, but for Gaethje, it looks like he's probably just hanging out. I, I don't know why he'd fight again, because Gaethje could fill in as a replacement or be the next fighter, the next contender for lightweight. I mean... Like you're saying, I think he should have to do another fight before he gets a shot, though. Yeah, I mean that could be against. Uh, Maybe he goes against the loser of the title fight. Yeah, I mean that's not that's not a bad idea. I mean, uh, I mean, let's I don't know for for sake. Let's say Olivera wins, and now you leave Michael Chandler. That's a fantastic fight. Oh, yeah. But then the problem with that is if Michael Chandler beats Gaethje, who's fighting for the title next? But then you also have Dustin Poirier and Connor. If Dustin wins, he's automatically a title contender. Um, I thought he was going to get it after this one. He didn't want it, though. That's the thing. Everyone, everyone's mad because of the choice. Why don't you want to be the top of the mountain, though? Well, make the money now. You make the money now, and then... Uh, yeah, true. And then you get the belt. Money. And when you're, that's my thing. Is like, oh, what if he goes against Connor and he loses, and now all the hype for the title is done? Like, what happens there? But, but that's not what a fighter thinks. A fighter thinks, oh, I'm going to go out here, and I'm going to win this. Um, I'm, I'm going to win the bout, and I'm going to get the belt. Um, I'm... Sorry, I just keep looking at the rankings. That's why I keep no, switching gears. Is uh, Volkanovski going against Ortega? Yep, that uh, they're actually going to be the um, tough season, the the Ultimate Fighter. They're going to be the uh, head oh, yeah. coaches for I'm the Ultimate Fighter, which should start. I think they start filming now. Like I think it's going on right now. Yeah. Um. So we should get some Ultimate Fighter content here soon. Um. But yeah, then they'll they'll fight at the pinnacle of that whole thing because they were supposed to fight last month um, at that UFC 260 card, which was another great card as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, UFC is loaded right now. Um, I mean, outside of the bantamweight, things are going to kind of hold off there because of Aljamain's injury, um, and Piotr Jan's going to have to wait for the rematch. Um, but even you know, lining up these contenders is fantastic, and uh, one of those contenders is Corey Sandhagen, whose fight, or at least his opponent, has been uh, scrapped to this point. Uh, TJ Dillashaw, that broke mm-hmm. yesterday. Um, he has a really bad cut on his forehead, apparently, from uh, some drilling that he was doing for training camp. So wow, that look- fight is off. I'm looking at that right now. TJ's not even ranked. Yep. Uh, I think they take him off sense, but... due to the doping and stuff like right. that. Right. <laughs> I, uh, I was never really a fan of him. I'm a Garbrandt fan. So um, kind of disappointing to hear that TJ got that suspension for doing what he did mm-hmm. and i i just wonder if he was how long he was doing it you know um i guess you don't know but i mean they, i think they keep when they take your urine sample i think they keep it for like two years oh, i, I think okay. they hold on to it for like two years something i was i think cody was talking about that either on joe rogan's podcast or something um yeah i mean it's not exactly um, ideal for Cody, but I, 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 did they ever make those no contests? Do you know? Did, did they make? No, they didn't change anything. Okay. Um, when we were before we were starting this, I was looking. I saw Garbrandt does have a fight coming up, but I, I could have swore he was injured. But oh, yep. Uh, is he back? Yeah. So Cody was injured. Um, he was supposed to fight for the belt for the 125 right. pound belt before Brandon Moreno stepped up. Um, he got injured or dealt with COVID or one or the other. 
Um, and now he has a fight here in, I think, three weeks or after 262. Let me see. Um, and he's fighting Rob Font, uh, which is, a, I think, probably a number one contender match itself. So It's a great one. He's right ahead of him in the rankings. Yeah. Um, so you got Cody Garbrandt and um, Rob Font. Corey Sanhagen is going to be looking for a new tango partner. Um, yeah, Piotr Jan is going to be waiting. Do you think Sanhagen's going to get anyone in time? I mean, that's what we're two weeks out from that fight. Uh, I, 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 tell, I, mean, I wouldn't sign up to fight any of these guys ever, but I definitely <laughs> wouldn't sign up to fight Corey Sanhagen on two weeks. He's, on, he's on the up and up right now. Yeah, he, uh, just, good. Yeah, he just slaughtered um, Frankie Edgar with that flying knee. Frankie Edgar, I mean, he's older, but he's still he's still good. Um, just look at this bantamweight rankings. You got Aljamain Champ, oh, it's Piotr Jan, Corey Sanhagen, Rob Font, uh, Cody Garbrandt, Jose Aldo, um, Marlon Marias, Frankie Edgar, Pedro Munoz, Dominic uh, Cruz, uh, Rafael Asansao, Jimmy Rivera, Marab, Cody Stammen, Kyler Phillips, and Marlon Vera. And that's not going to talk about Sean O'Malley, who had a fantastic fight a month ago. Why isn't he ranked? Uh, he'll be ranked up this next one. He's supposed to be drawn um, Pedro Munoz, who's eight. That's that's what it sounds like. It sounds like that'll probably be the co-main event there on that July 10th card in Vegas on the uh, Poirier and McGregor card. He, he's better than some of these names already. That's no, the problem is, is Cheeto's 15, and Cheeto technically beat him, even though he is uh, undefeated right. in his own words. Hmm. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this bantamweight, is, it's it's loaded top to bottom. Oh, and yeah. it's it's a... Uh, I mean, you look, I mean, all of these divisions are starting to kind of pick up everywhere. I mean, um, 145 is a little dead. Um, I, I, uh, going back to the bantamweight, I can see yeah. why Garbrandt was trying to go to flyweight. <laughs> Dude, there's no one in there. <laughs> there's was like no one three or four good names in there as opposed to like 15. Yeah. Alex Perez already lost. Askar Askarov is uh, on the up and up. But, yeah, um, he's good. Davis and Figueroa is one that's a problem. And I think Brandon Moreno, I had him winning that fight in December. Yeah, um, I did too. And even with the point deduction, and no, it, the, the fact that it was a draw. So I had him. I, I thought I had, um, you know, even if he was winning or losing the fight, or whatever, I had him up around, and I had the point. So it should have been a two point win, in my yeah. opinion, for Brandon Moreno. But we all know I'm how the judging it. is here in um, MMA and boxing Nev- and stuff. Never so. leave it to them. Yeah. So um, I love that fight. I've seen it twice. Great fight. Um, and yeah, it's uh, that was my fight of the year for sure. I mean, Dude, I, I there's a lot of good thing. ones last year, but yeah. that one was so good. Um, you know, I we watched the Whaley's, uh the the Whaley and the Yoana um, mm-hmm. fight, and that one was insane. Yeah, I'm not mad. That's the thing is, I'm not mad with whoever won that one. And obviously, it was the Whaley. She just got her trophy this past weekend for that award. Um, but yeah, I'm not. It, anytime you get a great fight, I mean, one of these fights could be a uh, fight of the year um, in this past couple of months. Um, <laughs> But as for the pound for pound, overall, men's pound for pound, Kamaru Usman is uh, not number one on here. I thought I'd seen that he got that spot. I'm, I'm pretty surprised to see John Jones is still there. Yeah, I'm not sure if that was a mistake, if they just didn't update it. Uh, Usman yeah. should be up there. John yeah. Jones hasn't fought since he fought Dominic Reyes in December, uh, or excuse me, February of 2020, um, right before the lockdown. Um, yeah, and of course, he's holding out. To get what, like thirty mil? No, so so that's what uh, he didn't ask for thirty million. Uh, his representation did, and he just fired his representation this past week, and uh, is looking to work with Ali, um, the famous manager who uh, manages for Khabib, uh, manages for Usman, and manages for a bunch of. Uh, I think he's also uh, Gaethje's manager as well. 
Um, so yeah, John Jones is looking for new representations. So if you have a business card for uh, MMA management, you can send it over there and uh, maybe you can uh, <laughs> secure yourself a little bag real quick. But yeah, Usman's not number one pound for pound. I think uh, Volkanovski being number three pound for pound is a little bit ridiculous. I, uh, yeah, I've soured on him a little bit now. Yeah. I mean, I, I, uh, he didn't win that last one. Max, yeah. yeah. Max Holloway's number nine at least, I guess, but... Um, should have been him, you know. Mm. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think I thought Max won that fight back in July. Um, He's another like good veteran, but still not super old. Max, yeah, well, he uh, he's so good. He fought Conor McGregor way back in the day. He was like twenty-one years old fighting Conor McGregor, who was like twenty-two, twenty-three at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, Max is young. I think he's twenty-eight. Is that? Let me look that up. I think Max is twenty-eight. He's a young veteran for um, sure. However old he is. Well, it's because he doesn't box or he doesn't spar. He he did all his sparring and stuff, um, you know, growing up and while he was young. And he doesn't spar at all. And then you say that and then he comes out and puts on the show he did back in January in the first card of the year versus um, oh, man. Calvin Cater. And that was absolutely insane. <laughs> um, that was the most uh, significant strikes in a fight, right? Something like that? Yeah, oh, by, by a long shot. Like, he beat it by, like, two or 300 strikes. Yeah, um, but, just, yeah, Max Holloway's 29, just turned 29 in December. I mean, are they going to run that back? Or the trilogy fight? What are they going to do? No, nah, that's what sucks. Are they not going to give it to him because he's lost twice? Uh, they should. I, I think Dana wants to do that, but Brian Ortega needs to go next. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you give Max, um, you know, one of these other top five guys. He already beat Calvin. So you're talking about Chain Sung Young or uh, Yair Rodriguez? Oh, I like Korean Zombie too. Yeah, um, <laughs> Yair Rodriguez hasn't fought since like 2019, and he just came out uh, and talked to I think either Ariel or Brett Okamoto from ESPN, and said he wants to get back in there quick. And Max Holloway would be a great one because it's been about yeah. four months since his last fight, so that'd be a great number one contender fight um, to see who gets to take the chance at the belt next. And I think Max, like I said, I think Max deserves to have the belt right now. Unfortunately, he doesn't, and that's not the case. But um, yeah. I think uh, there's some good fights to still make there. Uh, Chance Sung Young, a uh, Korean zombie fight with uh, Calvin Cater would be an interesting one, too. Did Korean zombie just lose? Yep, he just lost to Brian Ortega in that last one. Brian oh, Ortega looked absolutely that's right. flawless. I was, I was a little disappointed, but at the same time, Ortega's great. Yeah, so. Ortega's. Have you ever seen the Max Holloway Brian Ortega fight? I don't believe so. Okay, do yourself a favor and go find that fight on uh, the Fight Pass and uh, watch it. It's a, it doesn't go to decision. I think it's a fourth round. Is it a five? I think it's a five round fight, and I think it's a fourth or third round finish. Um, so it takes a minute. So when you have a couple of minutes, turn that one on. That one's insane. Uh, but yeah, I mean, outside of the top, you know, eight or so in the 145, that division's kind of open, and there's going to be a bunch of fights this weekend at fight night um, with 145 if you want to jump into that. Um, we got Dominic Reyes fighting uh, Prohaska this weekend. Um, Dominic Reyes coming off of that uh, loss versus Jan Blahovic and uh, back that was what, what card was that was that the that wasn't Khabib Justin was it uh, not sure what fight that was um, he Reyes yeah Reyes what card was two, that two five three is when he okay yeah yeah okay so then the Khabib one was 254 so um, oh that was the Israel Kosa fight so uh, Reyes lost in that one to uh, he got his nose 
put on the other side of his face and that was actually not the worst part of the damage he sustained in that fight there was that bruise do you remember that bruise the purple oh yeah that, oh dude that was that's so crazy when that happens i mean that's gotta mean like some internal bleeding or uh, something dude it took one kick and it was bright red second kick turned it purple and it was over and you uh, could see you could see Jan's toes like the bones of his toes the hit uh, points yeah that was a uh, pretty rough so uh Prohaska's going to have his hands full, though, with Reyes, who was 12-0 before losing these last two to John Jones and uh, Jan Blahovich. Um, so uh, is going to have um, his third UFC fight, and he gets the, or excuse me, second UFC fight, and he is a, a main eventer. So exciting fight there. Any names that stick out to you on this uh, fight night card this weekend? Well, I was just checking out Cub Swanson. I haven't seen his name for a bit, and so I was just trying to see his... Yeah, Cub Swanson, uh, he Research. reminds me of the old bar fight kind know. of guy, the mustache and yeah. the, the swinging back fist. And... I, th- I think this is definitely a gatekeeper fight because the guy he's going against is 4-0 and in his last four fights. Yep, 12-2 and two overall. Um, I'm going to try uh, Chick Adaz. Um, I don't know. Giga is his first name. Um, that's the co-main event on Saturday. This card, I've said it, is not a uh, card for casuals. Um, if you are... A diehard fan, you understand that this card is absolutely going to be uh, crazy for a fight night card. Um, I think it's there's six fights there on the main card. I'm assuming probably three or four here on the prelims. Uh, we actually have a lot on the prelims. We have uh, six. So we're going to get 12 fights here on Saturday starting at 5 o'clock Mountain Time. And uh, going to be capped off with that reyes Prohasco fight. Um, but you also have uh, Ion Kudalaba. Um he had the two back-to-back fights with uh, Magomed Ankalaev. Um, and if you haven't seen that first one, which you said you haven't, we'll find that one for you. And that one, a uh, crazy stoppage. Uh, Kudalaba was uh, not happy with the stoppage. And uh, Magomed um, ended up making him pay for it anyway later. We also have Sean Strickland, who I know you pointed out a little bit earlier. Uh, coming off the uh, submission win against Brendan Allen late last year. I think that'll probably be a good fight. Yeah. Um, Jotko. Christoph um, Jotko. Yep. And I think my Friday night pick is Marab and uh, Cody Stemmen. How do you say his last name? Dude, I don't even try that for a reason. Devalash Ludley. Um, I, I listen to John yeah. Anik. Anytime, any, anytime <laughs> I need a, need a name, I just listen to John Anik. He'll, he'll knock him out for us, and then uh, we'll yeah, have a – good at that. Yeah. He, that's how I learned the Nurmagomedov. Um, it's pretty simple. And that's the thing with most of these names is they look absolutely mm-hmm. insane, but they're actually pretty simple. Um, it's just kind of a mouthful, and uh, once you figure it yeah. out, it's usually pretty easy. Wow. I'm going with that guy as well, actually, Marab. Or, yeah. Uh, yeah, three and zero in his last three, four and zero in his last four. Yep, he's on a he's on the up yep. and up. It looks like Marab twelve and four overall, facing Cody Stammen, who had a couple of big fights uh, last year. Um, I believe he fought Sandhagen, um, if I'm correct. Was that back in 2019? No, it was a Song Dong. Sorry, that's the one I'm thinking of. Song Dong uh, was a draw, so a solid fight there. Um, he also fought Jimmy Rivera, and he's uh, fought Brian Keller, who looks like it is a giant lack, uh, lumberjack, excuse me, for a featherweight division. Um, but yeah, he's gonna get his first uh, fight of 2021 um, against Marab here on Saturday in the coma, or no, no, on the main card rather. Um, yeah, that looks like a decent card. Hopefully, we get half. Half finishes, you know. We got spoiled with this last one, so yeah. yeah I hope probably, it's not cards. Yeah, hopefully it's not like a decision washout, you know. You know, decisions aren't always fantastic, but sometimes you can get a great decision. Um, mm-hmm. 
So I, I, not, I just want good fights. I don't care. You know, obviously yeah. knockouts are so much more fun. They get you out of your chair. Um, some missions are cool to watch. Um, but I just, I, I, yeah, I'm worried this could be a stinker, especially because we're all on this high from 261 and we come out and we try to watch a fight night card um, that looks like it's pretty loaded with some good names. Um, and then it just kind of, you know, is a little flat. So we're also back in the apex with no fans. So we'll see uh, you know, how it feels. Um, I guess they can't rent out the same venue every Saturday. Yeah, no. Probably not. So uh, two events back at the apex. Um, and then we got um, Houston here in about two and a half weeks now. Two sucks. and a half weeks out. Sucks we couldn't make that work. <laughs> yeah, no, that, I'm going to make it to a UFC event. We should I'm, go by the end of the year. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to make it to one, hopefully this year, maybe even this summer. We'll see, though. But we're, we're going to find our way into the doors of a uh, UFC title event. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much all we got for uh, the UFC here um, for the week. Any other, any other things you want to talk about before we get up out of here? No, I don't think we should go too far ahead because there's just – some good stuff coming up so yeah that's some fantastic stuff coming up we're gonna talk about it break well break it down in uh the uh, beyond the clinch podcast our first episode it's in the books we're done and uh we'll uh, look forward to talking about uh, the fight night results and uh the next fight night which i think is actually going to be a problem now because i think that was the sandhagen one mm -hmm. um with uh hopefully it doesn't get shot. scrapped but i mean it doesn't look yeah. promising anymore and there's no news on it at all at the moment um so hopefully we'll get something here before next week um but yeah as for that um that's all we got here for the beyond the clinch podcast and uh we'll see you guys next week